Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always by my good friends and partners in radio, Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Morton. Boys, we have uh, we have much business to attend to. Piper, you have uh, you've done deals, you've done work business deals, and we're gonna we're gonna discuss further um, some companies with which the three of us have had alliances and why that might be bad. But before we get to the negative stuff. Uh, let's talk positive business deals, Pipe. Um, tell us what you have. Yeah, let's talk about a company with whom I had a multi-year alliance that was that was not a negative. It was a good one, and that's uh, there you go. It's the Christian Standard Bible comes from Holman Bibles, which is part of B and H Publishers, part of Lifeway Christian Resources. Uh, specifically, the He Reads Truth and She Reads Truth Bibles. So these are study and devotional Bibles, which are also affiliated with. The She Reads Truth website and He Reads Truth website, which does daily devotionals uh, attached to a Bible reading plan. So they walk you through scripture. There's about a 400 or 500 word just reflection on the text of the day. So for people who are looking to be regular Bible readers, looking for some devotional, uh, some commentary, but mostly just sort of reflection kind of insights, that website is great. But these Bibles have pulled some of their best material and uh, have put it into study Bible form. And they're, they're, they're some of the best designed Bibles I've seen in terms of layout, readability, uh, just aesthetic. So there, there are timelines, there's information about authors, there are some of the same articles and reflections in there as well. Um, so again, there's the, the She Reads Truth Bible and the He Reads Truth Bible. They are uh, And then CSB is also offering a giveaway for each of these. So they're going to give away... Um, two copies of each, so four total Bibles, um, and you can enter until October 15th. There's a link to it. It's just going to be a Google entry form. We'll share it on social media, and then if you go to happyrantpodcast.com, the link will be right at the top. I'll just highlight it there, so go to happyrantpodcast.com and look for the link to enter. So they'll pick four total winners, two for the, the She Reads Truth and two for the He Reads Truth, you can also go to you can go to Amazon and check it out. You can go to Lifeway.com and check it out, um, and just look at these Bibles. The, you can see interior pages, the specs of them. There's multiple colors. They uh, they're these the great sort of cloth on board uh, covers. I actually have a Heritage Truth Bible sitting in front of me. I was doing some work out of it earlier. Um, love the website. Love what He Reads Truth and She Reads Truth do there. And then these Bibles are ones I've given away probably four or five of these to friends. Uh, just as because I think they're I think they're awesome, especially for newer believers or believers looking to engage the word in a not technical sense, but just to understand it better. So kind of great across the board. But again, go to happyrantpodcast.com to enter to win one of these. You have until October fifteenth to do that, uh, and then go to you can go to lifeway.com and just search he reads truth or she reads truth to check these out. Um, they're beautiful Bibles and, and just a pretty awesome resource. So be sure to check those out. Pipe, that was some beautiful promotional work. And uh, yeah, I speaking of, it. I felt I felt uh, I felt limbered up and warm, and like I'm like kind of in my element. Dude, well, that's good. That's a mid-season promo read right there. Like you're uh, you're really hitting your stride right now in terms of uh, of that kind of work. And and speaking of work, let's get an update on on Ron's Yoda work from the week. Uh, Piper, have you have you like run across anything magical by our? our resident uh man of the yoda cloth you ron know, martin i have i feel like after we recorded the last episode 
there was just I mean, and then some some text messages exchanged. Ted, you were very affirming yeah. of Ron. You were you were offering him some great inspiration. Um, eh. You know, there's not one tweet that stands out, but I noticed an uptick in in his I don't know what prolificness. Yoda prolific, volume. Yeah, the, the, volume Yoda, the, the Yoda, Yoda volume. The Yoda. Uh, he was really on his game for for mm. a solid <clears throat> three to five days after we recorded. And I think he sort of reverted back to his steady, very reliable ways. But for, yeah. yeah, he had a he had a, a strong stretch where he was he came out firing. It was really good work. Oh, Pipe, that's nice. Thanks, Maybe man. that's good Yoda stuff. Let's yeah. keep it up, man. That is, man. That's re- that's really affirming. Keep up the good Yoda work. It's the most so, encouragement I've had all week. It's great. Piper, Say, I don't mean to I don't mean to pit two men of the men of the cloth against each other, but where would you where would you put Ron's Yoda game in comparison with like like Darren Patrick, for example? DP versus Ron in a oh, Yo- in a pastoral Yoda square off. Who do you uh, take? Things just got awkward. Things just See, got real big. Dude. I would I would put Darren Patrick more in like the uh pastoral like simon cynic ted talky like <laughs> slogan yeah. kind of thing where like sort of like a an no- over-the-ear microphone kind of yeah kind of and, and a lot yeah. of a lot of like sort of offset couplets where it's like you may think this but it's actually this whereas ron is mm. more sort of deep pastoral yoda where he's more like pastors you are struggling strong line of encouragement kind of thing and so it's they they have a they have distinct styles uh and I think they're targeting slightly different kinds of pastors as well. You know what? Call me a Yoda purist. I want the word pastors in there. I want pastors and then dot, 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 and then some words. Yeah, you know, Ron, call me old school. Well, Ron is 100% Yoda purist when it comes to yeah. this stuff. Uh, yep. Somebody like Darren is going to be like, you could easily take his and go, that seems to be more business speak or creative yeah. inspirational speak when that can, Ron's cannot be confused for that. He is definitely speaking, you know, to to the normal pastor, if you will. Well, I mean, and, and yeah, and that's true, Pipe, because the other thing, like a guy like DP, Big T, is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he'll throw out like a Steve Jobs quote or something every once in a while. Oh, boy. Yeah. So he'll, he'll throw out something from somebody that's a, like a good leadership tip. Yeah. Like when he's on the leadership tip and he's like, hey, no, no, that guy that owns like, I don't know, Amazon or something had a really good leadership tip. So I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna do a quote on that. I'm gonna Yoda tweet out a quote from from Beisel, You know, baby. Speaking of uh, speaking of Amazon and speaking of OG like reformed Yodas. All right, we're, we're gonna bring those two things together. <laughs> a guy who a guy who used to have a lot of juice in our tribe, and you guys will have to tell me if he still has juice because I don't follow this stuff anymore. But Tim Challies used to be the guy, right? So like. If Chally's blogged about your book, this is back when like the blogosphere mattered in the mid two thousands. But like, if Chally's picked up your book and if he fawned over it on your blog, you knew you were a made man, right? You you had like kissed the ring, and uh, you were you were looking at superstardom. Um, so my question, my first question is: Does Chally still have that kind of juice? Uh, he not quite the same way, but only because, you know, there was, if, if you're kind of the first, if you're the first fish in the pond, you're automatically the biggest yeah. fish in the pond. So call, yeah. calling him an OG is, is right. But there is still like, he still does his whatever links of the day. I don't know. It has a name. I can't remember mm-hmm. what it is. And if you get linked to by Chally's, like you notice the traffic bump. Um, yeah. If yeah. your book gets reviewed by Chally's, you like it, it gains cachet in a crowd that you might not otherwise have. So he he earned his audience early and has kept his audience, but he doesn't stand out quite as a like as a traffic driver the way he once did. 
there's a lot of guys in that game now. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of book industry Yodas out there. So it's it's tough sledding for Chally's. But Chally's dropped an article recently, boys, that I tell you, and, and maybe this is my own conscience talking. I felt like he directed it right to me because just last week I was I had indicated that I had made a business deal with Amazon um, in which Amazon was carrying my new book, A Hard Thing on a Beautiful Day. A little plug there. Um, but I made this deal with Amazon and then immediately Challenge drops this article saying maybe we shouldn't do deals with Amazon anymore as Christian authors uh, because apparently Amazon is like pulling conservative evangelical works off the off the the shelves as it were off the uh, virtual shelves so i I don't know that if it's that amazon is doing that as much as he's looking Mm -hmm. at it and going this is a this is a completely revenue driven secular company that doesn't have any biblical standards at all and we've we've essentially sold our our publishing and sales soul to them and at some point they will receive pushback or they will just make the decision that a book that is of you know we would consider biblical orthodox flies in the face of cultural orthodoxy specifically as it pertains to like a sexual yeah. biblical a biblical sexual ethic or something like that sure sure is is an well, intriguing I, point he made actually ron let me let me let me put it to you this way like do you think so let's say you know the the Chally's worst case scenario happens and amazon starts pulling these conservative books off the shelves like do you think some enterprising Christian will make sort of the Christian Amazon? Because like it's been, I mean, it's been all of our experiences to some degree that like, you know, whether it's movies, whether it's music, whether it's books, these are all three industries that the three of us have dabbled in or been in at one time or another. Like there's always a Christian version of that, but it's, it occurs to me there's no like, at least that I know of, there's no like Christian Amazon. Um, is that a thing that like could, could happen? Yeah, I, I th- you know, I think any t- anytime there's anytime something takes a hit, something else, you know, something creative can can, can come, come up, up you know, on the on the heels of that. So yeah, I totally believe that. I mean, because at the end of the day, we're we're just kind of talking about distribution, and so um, if we're just looking for a way to get product out to the people that we think are going to benefit from it, I mean, we can yeah we can find a way to do that, and you know, again, because it, it is distribution. It's a great distribution chain. It also has its drawbacks because of the volume. So it could, it, again, it, it could kind of cause somebody who's a little more entrepreneurial in those in those things to div, to you know come up with a way for these this kind of product to get into the hands of, of people. I, yeah, I mean, it's like we could you know you can you can start to get all conspiracy theory about it, but it, I I can see God using it as a an opportunity and a, and a good way to uh, open up a new channel, new avenue. So to speak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I can see that too. Pipe, what do you think? I, yeah, I think big picture. If if Amazon made the decision to begin to discriminate against Christian books, um, there would definitely it would definitely hurt. It would hurt authors, yeah. uh, and it would hurt publishing companies in the short run. Um, but big picture, I think Amazon would hurt itself because I think I mean evangelical Christians especially are we buy a ton of books. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I probably buy a book a week, just on mm-hmm. average over the course of the year, um, and I, I'm, I know I'm probably on the high end. But but there are a lot of people like me, and and I think uh, I think so. I think Ron's right in that if they went that route, there would be a down period where we we kind of suffered as as authors and publishing companies suffered. Some publishing companies might go out of business because they are really just in bed with Amazon, um, yeah. but. Longer term, 
it would probably even the playing field and would force the kind of business creativity, distribution creativity, uh, and, and the, kind, the kind of focus that Christian publishers maybe need to have anyway, which is more message-driven than revenue-driven, less compromise, that, sure. that could be really beneficial. So I, I do agree with Ron that it's the kind of thing that God could use. Um, the hard part is that um, it's very hard for a publishing company to figure out how to do that un- while Amazon is still selling their books. Because they're essentially com- sure. they're competing with a better business model. Because because mm-hmm. Amazon delivers faster, they sell cheaper. They have you know just it's the best buying experience on the internet. It's really hard mm-hmm. to compete with. So until they are no longer an option, it's hard to create that alternative uh, kind of buying and distribution option. And I think you're right too, Pipe. It's not really in the best interest of Amazon to even make a move like that. I think it brings up a couple of things. You know, would Amazon at some point be forced to do that? In other words, would they be getting outside pressure to the point to where they got to start pulling these this kind of material? I mean, that could happen. At the same time, Amazon is so big when you consider the the like the diversity of products that they have on there, which is like everything in the world. Um, I mean, to to stop carrying, you know, overtly Christian content. I mean, th- there would be so many other things then that would have to be removed as the result so it, it wouldn't just be our content but i think it would it would just cause an avalanche into other content that they would have to stop uh carrying as well i mean it would just be a it would obviously be, be a bad move financially for them at the same time they're so big can something that big even like does it even matter you know yeah. what i mean they're just i mean they're just they're, they're just like this com- I mean, they literally own the world. They're like another planet. I mean, Amazon is like ordering from another planet that carries yeah. everything on our planet. So it's like, yeah. I mean, at some point, it's like, who, like, how are they going to be affected by even like a small people group or an organization that's like, hey, Amazon, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're part of the problem here with stuff that's, you know, bigoted or, or whatever you know word we'd want to use. To me, it's it's almost surprising that hasn't happened already. With with just as I like agree. Yeah, I agree. politically charged as literally every single thing the world has become. I mean, NFL football, right? Like something I've enjoyed my whole life and and hold near and dear. Like even that has been tainted by, um, you know, all these political arguments that it, it's really taken the joy out of it. Like I'm surprised. I'm surprised nobody's gone after Amazon for like, you know, carrying conservative books or whatever. So uh, I mean, or, yeah, maybe they have. Well, I mean, I, think about that? I, I, I've seen people go after Amazon for carrying like Confederate flags or, you know, things okay. with swastikas oh, sure. on them and stuff like that, which again, because, because I'm also, I also find those things offensive. I'm like, yes, go get them. But uh, there's a, I think because the difference between Amazon and like the NFL is that, you know, when, when the NFL gets politicized, it kind of gets shoved in your face because it's yeah. it's the very first thing you see because it's at the very beginning of a game. And so depending on which side of that debate you're on, you're either very much in favor of it or very offended by it. With Amazon, they feed you what you want. So if you're going to buy like the Satanic Bible twice a week, you're just going to see a bunch of products associated with that. You're not going to see you know, Tim Keller and the CSB She Reads Truth Bible and whatever else. You're only <laughs> you're only gonna see like here's a bunch of occult stuff. So it's, Dude, what are the ancillary products like related to the Satanic Bible, I wonder? That would be a fascinating yeah, Amazon probably, page. Like, I don't know. At. Yeah, like p- pentagram temporary tattoos or something like that. Um, nice. And, Fun uh, for the whole family. <laughs> that's right. Here's one for your kids. <laughs> oh no wait, you don't believe in having children. Um, just did a one click on that. I got mine coming. 
Okay. Yeah, look at that. Dude, one one click purchase. Isn't it great? Satanists don't believe in having children. They're not into like populating the earth like reform people. Uh, not no. overpopulating the earth. No, um, no, no. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think that the only way that that would come about is if there was a book that became a phenomenon yeah. or a book that was like was widely publicized that spoke out against something that the culture holds dear. Mm-hmm. And and then Amazon was pressured to take that down. It just seems unlikely. I was going to say the li- the likelihood of that happening. I mean, as close as they can get would be girl wash your face ish kind of stuff, which is you know not really going to offend anybody, but people that are actually well, orthodox. I, I think I think there could be a possibility. So, say for example, a, if there was a, if there was a a prominent um, I don't know a prominent gay activist who became who's not a Christian now, who became a Christian and began to speak out against the homosexual lifestyle, for example. Uh, and they decided to write a memoir or a book. I mean, but when I say prominent, I mean like Hollywood prominent, not, not Christian prominent. So not sure. uh, like really actual famous. Um, or, or if a, I don't know, a Justin Bieber or somebody did yeah. that. You know, Justin Timberlake, pick, pick your very famous person. And they became a proponent of something that the culture would be offended by that, that could raise the stakes here. But even then you usually the moment somebody becomes a conservative Christian, they just lose credibility and they lose the public eye. Um, and so it, it's hard for me to imagine a scenario where Amazon would stop selling. I could see them pulling a particular book for a limited amount of time, but even then like they're pretty good about just, unless something is outright hate, they don't pull anything. Like you can find absolute horrific things on Amazon on all sides of the spectrum. And so it I don't know. I think Charlie's is right that this is a thing to be aware of and concerned about. I think it's wise for publishers and Christian book buyers and sellers to consider the their their business models or their buying habits. But it does seem unlikely to me that Amazon is just going to be like, oh, you're anti-gay. We're not going to sell your stuff anymore. It's possible, but it seems unlikely. Don't you think, too, boys, that there's just a and, – and maybe Chalice falls into this category. There's a certain type of reform dude that just likes to, like, gloom and doom it about the culture. Um, you know, they, they, they like to, like, envision the persecution that we're going to face. Um, I don't know. That That sounds meaner than it should, but – um, I don't know. You you run into people like this from time to time, and they're just like, "Oh, it's going to be bad, guys. It's going to be real bad." And what? yeah, like eventually, probably, but I don't know. Maybe not for a while. When I think, I think they're, I think categorically, they're probably right. That yeah. you know, things things will get worse because it, culture is very clearly moving away from a Judeo Christian ethic, let alone the belief in Jesus. And so, yeah. over time, those of us who would like to remain faithful to Jesus are going to be more alienated. But the predictions of how and what steps it's going to be like to get there, I think, are usually missteps. I think it's usually a much more gradual slide uh, until all of a sudden there's a groundswell of it. And maybe that's what he's describing is like at some point there will be a groundswell where any viewpoint that is anti to the cultural uh, orthodoxy of sleep with who you want, identify how you want, whatever, like anything that's opposed to that is just anathema. That's possible. Maybe that's what he's describing. Yeah, yeah, that could be. Well, boys, regardless of what happens or how bad it gets, uh, there is an organization out there that I think probably the three of us need to 
um, look into joining or at least look into having our kids join. Um, this is a thing that I didn't know was real until about two minutes before the program today. But somebody sent us a logo, a very handsome logo, uh, blue and gold that incorporates a cross and a shield for something called the Calvinist Cadet Corps. Um, Big R, what do you what do you know about this resident man of the cloth? What do you know about the Calvinist cadets? So what I've been able to uh, gather information wise about it is absolutely nothing. Mm, well, <laughs> uh, buckle up, baby, because I have some information for you. So the Calvinist Cadet Corps is a non-denominational, nonprofit, reformed Christian organization that equips men to mentor yeah. boys. The ministry establishes clubs primarily in churches. So not a big surprise. This was founded in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, and, and if you live, I guess, in the greater Grand Rapids area, you can become a Calvinist cadet. Um, which did Rob looks, Bell, did he begin his career, I wonder, as a Calvinist? <sighs> dude, I don't know. Robbie B. has had question. his – Dude, that's he's had question. his cadet badges revoked probably. Well, absolutely. But I wonder if he got – yeah, I wonder if he got his start here. How – fascinating would that be it would be so fascinating in fact we should somebody should like dive into that a little deeper and see if robbie b was ever a calvinist cadet i'm surprised pipe doesn't already have the info for us well you know i i think i've repressed this part of my youth uh any anything that involved anything that involved like button-up shirt uniforms uh feels (laughs) feels like trauma to me so i'm out i'm I'm, I'm on the website the right now, right and it's it's looking real Eagle Scout to me, baby. It's looking very yeah. Eagle Scout, baby. I'm yes. looking at it too, and I'm looking at that handsome uniform, though. I mean, oh, you're looking at a gorgeous dude. A little bit of a blue sash with uh, with that thing that the the neck thing that like holds the sash together at both ends. I don't know what that's called, but um, but you're looking at one of those. You're looking at a, a nice drab sort of khaki colored shirt. A lot of badges. A lot of a lot of. Um, a lot of things you, sh- you sew right. on a shirt. What do you call those things? Um, patches. Patches. Patches, yeah. I have, a, I have a sort of a theological and logistical question. Yeah, so do yeah, I, Pipe. Later. I wonder if it's the same one. Okay, well, you go first. I want to hear yours. Well, no, no, I want to hear yours first. I'm okay. Just, yeah, I'm my, content-wise. My, my question. I'm wondering where they're taking these, what they're taking these boys through. Okay, well, that was – I have a different question. Mine was mine – was, um, so patches are earned for – achievements right you know if you're yeah. in cub scouts or you know boy scouts eagle scouts whatever you like or you have a letter jacket whatever is it you earn these by accomplishing something isn't that antithetical to the very fundamentals of calvinist theology Ooh. like aren't they aren't they good type aren't they just screwing these kids up in the head yeah. by being like yeah here absolutely. here's a theology built on grace now go earn a patch it's like, yeah, you don't earn your patch here. Your patch is given to you by grace at the Calvinist. Dude, you should just oh, get all the patches it. right at the beginning. Yeah, the, the, the camp director, the camp director just looks at a list of names of enrollees, and he's like, you know who gets these? He uh, chooses. He like, chooses. Who I, gets camp, camper Ben and Camper Steve and Camper Joey are going to get the Bible memory patches. Doesn't even matter if they show up. Uh, camper Steve, you've been predestined before the foundation of the world. <laughs> predestined before, yeah, before the orientation of camp to receive <laughs> the Bible memory patch. Dude, right, like Timmy gets a whole shirt full of patches, and, and uh, a handful of other guys don't get jacked. He memorizes you know? all of Ephesians chapter two. But you know what the other guys get? They get promised that they will get patches in heaven. Like they, their, their patches, they, their patches are are a later reward because these this present trial of sweating in a cabin is not worthy to be compared with the patches you will receive in heaven. 
So I, I think I think we figured out that part. Now, what was your question, Ron? No, that was it. I mean, that was kind of along the same lines, man. It's how are they how are they going to receive what they're going to receive for merit? Because what's merit? You know, there is no merit. You know, dude, I have a I have a hypothetical for you, boys, and um, I'm I'm trying to think. I'm plumbing the depths of my memory to see if I have insider information on this. But um, of our tribe, right? Of the of the guys, kind of like our age in our tribe. Which one of them do you think was the most likely to have been a Calvinist cadet? KevinDeYoung.org. Correct. Yeah. 100%. Dude, he may have been one. And, I, and again, I'm, I'm trying to think back to old convos, too. I was going to say, baby, you should already know this. He was, I oh, should know it. He was straight up the Eagle it. Scout of Calvinist cadets. Like, he, yeah. he went and built – he went and did, like, his Eagle Scout project at their camp and, you know – he built like the election bridge or whatever over the creek, and and has <laughs> the election black on bridge it. on the site right now. It says founded by Kevin DeYoung. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. I love it. Yeah, you know KDY crushed all this stuff. Like he was the he was the leader of the Calvinist cadets. See, like, Ch- he- Charlie's totally would have been, except since he's Canadian, he just looked longingly across the border and was like, "Why don't That's we so have cool. this?" Why don't, why don't they bring the good news of cadetis, cadetism to me in my foreign land? And uh, Dude, he blogged about it in the 90s when he was a kid. He, he, he said like, that with a light French accent. Too. Journaling about it. Yeah, yeah, bring, yeah. bring cadetism here, eh? And, uh, Dude, what, what about what Calvinist Mounties? What a Canadian accent that was, Pipe. <laughs> cadetism here, eh? Eh? That's, that was beautiful. That was, that was, that was, my, so, that was so close. It wasn't I mean, my so best, close. but it was right up there. I spent a lot of time in Canada, and you were on the money. Sorry, I love. Maybe you <laughs> sorry. Big R, you spent a lot of time in Canada. Yeah, we used to play shows and do festivals, and we did a couple of Canadian tours. We did, yeah, we did all oh. that stuff back in the day. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm quarter Canadian. Dude, I like Canadians. Canadians are are they're they're just fun people, man. They're agreeable. It is, people. man. You're up there, and you're looking around, and you're like, it just feels like America. But oh, look, we have British candy bars. There you go. What, and, what then could be and then there's this one city where they only speak French and, and hate everybody who is from America and speaks English because because we're Canada and we do fun things in a funky way. Yeah, Dude, that sounds like college, though. I mean, hating everybody <laughs> from America—that's kind of yeah. what happens when you go to or, college. Or like, or like Amazon. Yeah. yeah, yeah, or Amazon. Yeah, that's right, man. We're tying them all together now, yeah. boys. We've only got a couple of minutes to go, but uh, I want to talk about this thing that people have been really fired up about, and uh, it's this Christian lunch table meme. Um, somebody sent me this. I think somebody like apart from you two. So I usually find out about internet stuff from you guys, but, uh, somebody texted me this meme. Uh, it looks like a public high school, like lunchroom, which is a thing that a lot of people in reformdom would have no concept of. They're like, my, my classical but, school didn't have a lunchroom. Yeah, exactly. My classical school, we just talked your about class, Latin. The, the lunchroom is like your dinner table. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. My, my homeschool exactly. had lunch at the kitchen table. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, but apparently, like, this thing is, I don't know, is it making people mad or making people laugh? Or what's the deal, man? What's why the reaction? Why would anybody be angry? This? Okay, like, so. Why would anybody be angry about this? First of Dude, all, this Calvinists is, can get angry about anything. Well, I know. Well, here's the thing. You know, you know who's, not, who's not getting angry about this is Calvinists. Calvinists are just making a bunch of dumb jokes about it. Um, oh, that's good. Who's getting angry are your more progressive Christians who are mad that there are, A, not enough women represented, Oh, of course. B, there's a yeah, there's a lot the there's a lot of just unpleasant people represented in this list, like those church leaders who have fallen. Uh, yeah, you know, there's a lot of like you know people like me wouldn't even be welcome in this lunchroom kinds of comments. 
Um, so so it, it really just divides along your conservative and, and progressive theological lines in terms of the, the debate. Over and this. one of the things I'm noticing, Pipe, here is table number eight. The only two African-Americans are at the same table. Oh, boy. Vadi and Oprah. Wait, there, there's actually a book called, I think, called Why Do All the Black Kids Sit Together at Lunch? It's about racial divides in schools, and it's, it's like the, the maker of this meme saw the book title and just went off of it and was like, I guess that's how it works. Probably didn't have right. any black kids at his, uh, his um, classical school. So, um, at his, dude, in his living room? Yeah. yeah. I feel like progressives, and this is a huge thing that they've pulled off, like, I feel like they have beaten even cranky reform people in terms of being the most humorless, like, people on the Internet. You know what I mean? For a long time, I thought, like, nobody's going to beat reformed guys in terms of being humorless and, like, sucking the joy out of everything. But I think I think progressives are getting close, if, if not, well, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to outright have a sense, beatness. It's that. hard to have a sense of humor when you get offended by everything. That's you know, true. like they looked at this and they saw Ben Shapiro's name, who, by the way, like I'm not a fan of Ben Shapiro. Not, a, you know, don't really enjoy him as a as a public persona. Um, as a human being, I don't know him as a human being, but as a public persona, I don't enjoy him. But he's, uh, but like they, they see some of those names are like they just look on here and they just immediately are triggered, like in the in the non ironic sense of triggered, where they immediately cannot absorb anything of the rest of what might be humorous around this. Like, for example, the fact that whoever made this put Charles Spurgeon and Joyce Meyer at the same table. Dude, that's a dope table. That's the one that I would want to be yeah, at. Yeah, that's the one. Man. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or John MacArthur, Joel Osteen, and Mark Driscoll. Like, Dude, that would, be a, that would be a death match. Somebody's, <laughs> somebody's bleeding at that table. Yeah, there's just some, there's some fun things here. Um, like my dad at the same table with Rob Bell. I wonder if that lunch ends every day with Rob getting up and my dad saying farewell, Rob Bell, and uh, <laughs> and just, I hope just so. reprising it over and over and over again. Kenneth yeah. Copeland just dropping cash all over them and saying, boys, just relax, have some money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Enjoy some cash, Isha. And Enjoy then, some cash, man. And then there's the Martin Luther, Pope Francis, C.S. Lewis table, which is by far like the most fun table. Like you sit at that table, you're like, man, it's going to be lively conversation. Someone's going to get insulted. Uh, Luther's Lu- going to be the loose cannon. He's going yeah, to he's going to like yeah. he's going to like fart at the Pope, and uh, it's just <laughs> like this, things are just going to go off the rails. It's it's wild. Dude, I'm really heartened by the fact that like our guys didn't suck all the joy out of this. That really that fills me with hope, actually. So, well done, reformed them. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was they didn't suck the joy out of it. There was a lot of just bad jokes, like sort of like dumb dad joke kinds of things. But like, yeah, I just want to say good hustle, like good effort, guys. Yeah. You really yeah. you, you're not good at jokes, but you really tried, and I'm proud of you for your effort. That's really well done, dude. I feel like the YRR movement has kind of aged into dad jokes seamlessly. You know what I mean? The, uh, these that's guys because are, you can just drop the the first Y and the first R. We are no longer yeah. young or restless. We're just reformed right. dudes at this point. It was We're reformed dudes with eight kids. I mean, it was always a dad movement. I mean, for sure. Dude, it was I mean, a dad movement even before it was a dad movement. I mean, you know? given the fact that you have like to have a minimum of four kids, which is where we get the four and reformed, you know, to even like be an acceptable family. I mean, maybe yeah, four is always, a tiny family. Four it is was like, always oh. a dad movement. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, boys, 
this uh this this podcast i guess you you could call this a dad movement in that uh in that we're all dads and yeah i don't know if we're moving anywhere but we're all dads and we're we're bloviating so we're do bloviating dads man we fit right in and reform them i think on on that level at least but i hope uh, i hope we're better at jokes than your average dad gosh i hope so man i really really dad would wonder and think that though dare to dream dare to dream well, boys, I'm sure uh, I'm sure Ron has baked goods to deliver on his bike, and and Piper, you've got like man of the cloth stuff to do now that you're man of the cloth, and uh, I've got to go walk on some tables and, and inspire some kids and make the education here. Are you gonna so, Are you uh, gonna O captain their captain or whatever? Dude, it is? I'm O captaining. Yeah, okay. it's, it's it's day one, week one. So there's a lot of O captain, you good. know, happening right now. Yeah, absolutely, inspirational, inspiration all over the place, boys, but. Uh, we I, have done what we I always really, do. I really think you should go with the uh, the light brigade poem. Uh, what's in that? The charge of the light brigade. I feel like that one's that one's right <laughs> up there. And and yeah, and do like a, an Irish jig on your desk or something too. That'll you'll you'll own their souls forever if you do that. Just oh, wear okay. one of those like prep kid trench coats too that like I despise. Dude, my least favorite part of Dead Poet Society is where the kid the kid takes like the perfectly good desk blotter that his parents got for him and he like throws it in a river. Like I, I never cease to be offended by that. Like I've never had a sweet leather desk blotter, you know. Um, and well, this kid's throwing I mean, them away like they grow on trees. I mean, you can be like you can be mad at your parents, but why? Why give away something, dude? Right? Like why throw away a perfectly good, good desk like, like blotter? You're, like you're not proving anything to them by dude, throwing away that's not hurting them. Beautiful that they gave you. Absolutely. absolutely. The teenage rebellion is just. It's so. It's it's so last week. Dude, I just don't get that movie. I feel like if I read a poem out loud in my classes, my my students would just laugh at me. You know, they would see right through it. So you should yeah. see what happens. Do it and record it and see what happens. If, so we can if you thought you were being inspiring, they would laugh at you. If you came in and you were like heartfelt about it, and you know, and yeah. it was and it was a, like a, a a look into your soul, I yes. think it would resonate. Baby, be go- serious about it and see what kind of reaction you get with that, man. I Maybe I'll so- try. Maybe I yeah. should do this. This should be a little social experiment for yes. for the for the podcast. I'll uh, I'm going to find the most dead poet society poem I can find. I'm, I'm going to lay it on them, and I'm going to go deadpan. I just told you it's the Charge of the Light Brigade. It's I'm doing it. It's right up. I'm doing there. it. Yeah, I'm doing it. Um, and I'll let you guys know. I'll check back in and let you know how it went. See, Maybe well, I'll start br- br- get, like, bring in one of the students on them and have them film you. And so we can get yeah. the class reaction. We can share the video if it's uh, if it's. <laughs> yes. Oh, dude, we're in the multimedia business now. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Pushing out. Got to be, know, gotta be this, influencers, guys. Taking right. this company to the next level. But we're going to put it on our website, not Amazon.com. No. Yeah, that's right, man. They we're going to create the new Amazon. They will not make a dime off of this free video of Ted reading a poem. Boys, I'm just going to say it right now. www.happyrampodcast.com is the new Amazon. So go there. Like, I want I want site traffic like crazy. Now, to be clear, you can only buy like a handful of things there. Like, we carry a few, like just a smidge fewer products than Amazon. We don't carry what you want. We carry what we want you to have. That's right. And also what we make money off of. I feel like it's a quality of life issue, though. Like, the quality of our products, like, they're really there. And you're not going to find anything objectionable like, you know, Confederate flags on our on happyrantpodcast.com for sure. Um, so there it is, boys. Uh, business. Doing business, launching new business ideas, wandering to and fro throughout these topics. And until next time. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. 
If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. I'm Don Hawkins, and I once heard Chick-fil-A founder Truett Cathy say, you can tell if a person needs encouragement, check to see if they're breathing. I'd like to invite you to my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You, featuring encouraging guests like Dr. Greg and Aaron Smalley, Dan Cathy, the late Dr. Frank Menrith, Josh McDowell, and more. To subscribe to my weekly Encouragement for You podcast, go to lifeaudio.com. That's lifeaudio.com.